Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Yo, 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 what's poppin'? And welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air. The Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got the fam with me. How at your people, Young Vander? Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Bro Joe will be joining us a little bit later on in the week to make sure he gets his takes to you for week three. Today's show is going to be a weekend review and all about waivers as well, making sure that we get you on the right foot for week three. If you're looking for us on the social media sites, you can join us at our Facebook group, which is Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group on IG. Fantasy Football Fiend and on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Fiend. If you need to get any information to us, promos, advertising, things of that nature, Fantasy Football Fiend at gmail.com. Now, let's go right ahead and hop into your news. And now your fantasy news. There are a few injuries that will likely shake the fantasy world to a certain extent. We're going to help you guys pivot, help make sense of a couple of things that are going on and how long they may be going on. Not too many injuries in week two, but some very much significant. Obviously, first and foremost, the most significant and the most far reaching, we have Trey Lance who suffered a right ankle injury. It looked to have had a broken right ankle. It looked almost like the same thing that happened with Dak Prescott. It didn't look good at all. His ankle was kind of turned the wrong way and all that kind of good stuff. And he tried to stand up on it and went back down. It was ugly, but Jimmy Garoppolo stepped in. They ended up with a win over the Seahawks, but Lance is expected to need surgery and is likely out for the season. What does this mean for your 49ers? Just back to the old. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have an experienced quarterback who has had success in this offense. Nothing has changed. I mean, we just back to the team we've been. We know this guy can get us to where we need to go. The only problem was, uh, the only question has been, can he get us over the hump? So knowing that we can get there with him, it's good enough. So I don't think it changes anything. I think it's just, hey, it's just regular 49 of football for right now. Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys ended up suffering a right knee injury in Sunday's win over the Bengals. Dalton Schultz was one of the sure-handed pass catchers that could be depended on by whoever is at quarterback Cooper Rush at the moment. But more uh, injury and a horrible circumstance for Dallas. They got over the hump with their defense this past weekend. We'll talk about the Bengals in just a second. I don't know what the hell is going on with them. But, you know, good on you, Cowboys. You went out there and you did what you had to do. Hopefully Dak isn't as hurt as he could be. And maybe Jerry Jones's prognostication of him only being out a couple of weeks. I think he said that he might be back within four weeks, which is why he wasn't put on IR. So if that's the case um, and you were able to get this win, that kind of makes sure that you won't be out of it when Dak does come back. In many cases, the most popular man in the room is the backup quarterback. Do we think that if Cooper Rush has another game or two where he's kind of, you know, beating a team where he kind of really shouldn't, are we going to start to hear a groundswell for this guy? Please explain what you mean by groundswell. I know well, you're not talking well, about him taking over. I've already been seeing <laughs> on social media and stuff like that where they're saying, like, you know, if, if Dak was in this game, they wouldn't have won it. Hey, I listen, don't believe man. that, but I, you, you know, can drive a car with your legs, right? That'll mean you do it. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. I get it. I mean, it's good that he's there. He's able to keep them afloat because in situations like this, that's all you want to do. Right. Don't lose all the games. Just keep us in the, you know, in the runnings. And that's all you can ask for. So he's doing his job, keeping them afloat. Hopefully they can maybe take two or three of these four games. Maybe decks out and get back to like, just get back to it. But nah, there's, there's no body really beating no drum saying Cooper Rush is the guy. He's a backup for a reason. 
he's been there for years and he's been the backup for years for a reason. So no, no, thank you. I remember last year it was Michael White. Oh, Michael White's the man. Yeah, Michael yeah, White's the man. It's always and, somebody. Until <laughs> Michael White, you know, the, the shoe came off. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And back to the pumpkin, you know, you go. And that's that's all this is. Yeah, we, we see that a lot with, with backup quarterback. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, but, you know, fans are very fickle. Fanatics for a reason. <laughs> we got the Broncos got a win this weekend, but to most, it probably felt like a loss. At this point, I don't know if it's the head coach or if it's the quarterback combination of both or what's going on, but they're not quite gelling. Um, they did win, but the amount of points that they're putting up right now, I'm I'm sure there's several within, you know, those four walls that are saying we could we could have done this without giving up a quarter of a billion dollars at the quarterback position. To make matters worse, Jerry Judy has a rib injury. It's not been indicated right now whether or not it's going to be anything long term or anything of that nature. But um, yeah, Jerry Judy is dealing with a rib injury and he also went into the game with the shoulder injury. So he's already kind of nicked up and we're just going into week three. But the Broncos aren't quite looking like the pipe dream that a lot of us had in our minds preseason. Is this just uh, we kind of need time to get things together and a lot of people didn't do very much in preseason at all? Or is this who they are? I think this is uh, the coach. He has shown that he's a rookie. Right. If you watch this game, man, the the time of possession and working the clock, it's been horrible. I'm talking about it's been been (laughs) Horrible. Did like you see the play where um it was like fourth and two? And at first they were like keep the offense out there. Then like after like right. 20 seconds pass, he was like, No, get the kicker out there. It's like he he don't know what he, he wants to do. Yeah. yeah. Then you got delay a game, then now we punt. Now we punt right. the ball. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what are we doing? He got like two <laughs> delay games that made no sense at all. <laughs> and he did the same thing last week. Yeah, he had it was even worse like, last you know week. It cost him the game last week. So right. So it's just like this team. And you know, Russell wasn't has it been the rust that we know, but this team should very well be undefeated right now. Even with all the you know, the slack play and mishaps, they should have won last week. I mean, you fumbled twice on the goal line, that's enough. But and they won this game this past week, but they should be undefeated. But they, they that coach gotta get it together, man, because when you start getting into it with the, the Chargers and the Chiefs and you know the Bills and these these high powered teams in the AFC and you out there being indecisive, you get run off the field. I'm just trying to figure out what the issue is exactly. It seems like there's a disconnect with Russell and the wide receivers. He seems like he likes his tight ends more than he likes his wide receivers. Now, granted, you know, Jerry Judy got hurt. Tim Patrick was hurt before the season even started. It looks like he has a pretty good rapport with Sutton, but it still just doesn't feel right. It doesn't quite click. And in all honesty, if you look at it for what it is, one for one, he actually with the injuries, he he finds himself in a worse position than what he was in Seattle because top end, Sutton, in my opinion, is no DK. When healthy, Jerry Judy does not appear to be a Tyler Lock. I don't see the tight end position being that much of a difference. You have much more depth at the tight end position, but I mean, he might have hopped out of the frying pan into the fire, and he's definitely in a much harder division. You aren't going to get those, you know, those little games here and there that you maybe should have lost but didn't as far as divisional games are concerned. Uh, it's, it's concerning for me as far as the Broncos are concerned, even though they won. We'll kind of see how all that works out here. Um, another injury that it seemed like it may have been more than what it was at the time, but the Patriots running back, Damian Harris, he told the media after appearing to have injured his left knee in the game on Sunday's win over the Steelers, he indicated that he was fine. He'll be good to go next week. Knee injuries are definitely nothing that running backs want to have to deal with, especially not this early on. So it's going to be here or there, kind of depending on what happens with that. Um, I I would wait. If you were Damien Harris on it, this is the Patriots we're talking about, right? He's supposed right. to go on the podium and say, oh, look at me. I'm fine. And his whole knee is torn up. You know what I'm saying? Like That's just right. what they do. They don't reveal any type of medical things in the interviews post game. That's not what they do. He's doing it the Patriot way. So just pay attention. Look at some of these x-rays, news. These things come out and you will know for sure. But don't think that he's playing next week. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it. You know what I'm saying? He's supposed to get up there because, like you said, he grabbed his knee. And it could be a bad sprain or something, but it's definitely yeah. something. It's definitely Lose something. something should, but yeah, right. You don't just you grab did. your knee like that for yeah, no it's, reason. It's definitely something. So just stay tuned on that. 
if not, that's another waiver. You know, Ramon J. Stevenson, if you don't already yeah, have him, he's probably going to be a, a guy that's – he's probably already owned already, though. Probably don't see him in many leagues available. So. Or maybe you maybe that's a guy that you go make a move for before he has a game where he's the guy. Right. That pretty much wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and hop into the weekend review. All right, all right, all right. So we had a whole lot going on this weekend from the good, the bad, and the ugly. We had some things that we pretty much thought were going to happen, and then some things were really just, wow, like a, a really a wild moment. Like that really just happened. For instance, what the hell is going on with the Bengals? You go from being a, a, a surprise Super Bowl darling to starting out 0-2 and that second loss being against the Cowboys without their starting quarterback and your O-line looks like it did last year before you spent all that money on it in the offseason. Mm. What the hell is going on? Now you said it. It's the O-line. Burrow is definitely not getting enough time to you know, go through his progressions and get the ball out. Like he's and he's running. He's moving around the pocket. Especially playing against a defense like uh, last night when they played, you know, Michael Parsons. Like, you already know what time it is. Like, so. Right. <laughs> he's just not getting the time to throw the ball. And when you can't get time, you get this. It hurts everybody. It hurts Joe Mixon. It hurts Jamar Chase. You know what I mean? So, I mean, a guy like Mixon had over 20, 20 t- touches last night. And the week, last week before, I think he had close to 30 touches. So these guys are getting the ball in their hands, but yeah, the offensive line is definitely not helping this team out at all. Do you think they're going to be able to turn it around? Like, do they have the talent on the line, and maybe they just have to jail as far as playing with each other because it is a completely revamped line? Do they have a chance to turn this around, or is what we're seeing pretty much what they got? And they can't really hope for much more than that. I mean, I would hope they can turn it around, but it doesn't get any easier. I mean, this is, the AF, this is the AFC who, exactly. you know, at one time wasn't really known for having defenses per se. That's more like it used to be like more of an NFC thing. You know, the next couple of games, they got the Jets. The Jets surprised this weekend. They damn so. And they have a defensive minded coach. They got Baltimore. They got New Orleans. They got Atlanta. Then they got Cleveland. And they still have KC, Tennessee, the Bucks, the Patriots, and Buffalo on their schedule. So they're playing against some pretty decent defenses. So Some got to give. And is it? Atlanta is the easiest game that they have, and Atlanta almost came back against the Rams. That's right. basically what that, that, got going here. Yeah, Atlanta's the easiest team left. Everybody else has a pretty decent defense. So, yeah, I don't care who your quarterback is, and I don't care who your receiver is. You could have Tom Brady at quarterback. You could have Michael Irvin, Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson at receiver. It ain't going to mean shit if nobody's blocking. All that's, I know is I this. With what they got going on right now, it's likely that their coach won't be back. And it's two teams right now out there that I think if they were to make a change, they would be able to skyrocket. As far as I'm concerned, if the Broncos, if the Bengals get Brian Flores as their head coach, I'll even throw the Panthers in there. Whoever takes the swing or that bite at the apple and brings in Brian Flores to any of those groups. We see what was able to do with Pittsburgh week one. Now, obviously, we use J.J. Watt. That's a, You, you kind of got to revamp on the fly with that one for real. He's a defensive-minded coach, but the offense doesn't suffer. So I can kind of see him making a big difference on a couple of teams if he was to go there. For sure, 100%. I would like to see him in a place like Cincinnati. They already had a black OC. coach before, so it's not nothing new. They had you know Marvin, Marvin Jones for what forever, right? Yeah, he was there for a good minute. Yeah, they had, you know, a black coach. You know, Mike Brown, the owner there, is cheap as hell, though. So (laughs) we'll we'll see how it goes. I think that would put them in position to do what they need to do. That would give them a little bit more discipline, a little bit tougher. Mm -hmm. They got the talent. They just need the the mindset, I think, more so than anything else. Another team I just brought up, the Rams. The Rams, man, they looked how they should have looked for most of the game. They did get Allen Robinson involved. He ended up with four targets for 53 yards and a touchdown. So he had a much better week two than he had with as far as his opener was concerned. Actually, I'm sorry, that was five targets for four receptions. Hopefully they'll continue to kind of work him in and they'll have certain plays that I think they'll almost force feed him the ball. Well, they'll have, you know, guaranteed targets for him so it doesn't end up like another week one again. But glad to see Allen Robinson kind of building that rapport with Matthew Stafford. Cup is who he is. We already know what that was going to be. It's looking like the Rams running game is now going back to what it was, which is where it's kind of a true committee versus Henderson being the the main one to get run. Now Henderson, as well as Cam, 
are both now getting a good bit of the snaps. I want to say Henderson had like 35 snaps and Cam had like 27. So Henderson still out snapped him, but it's looking more like a committee versus it being a Henderson backfield. Yeah, he out snapped him, but he didn't out touch him. Right. You right. Know what I mean, Absolutely. so Akers had more carries than him and he actually did less with those carries. Henderson, you know, is averaging 4.7 a carry while Akers only averaged 2.9 a carry. Um, so and they were obviously using Henderson on the goal line too. All right, so I, I think it's still something wrong there. But me personally, I don't want any of these guys on my team. I don't like to get caught up in these kind of committees like this. I would rather you know, stay away. And if I have Henderson, if I'm a Henderson owner, hell, I might move him if I can. I just don't like to be in these kind of scenarios. The only definite is the Stafford and Cooper Cup right now in this team as far as fantasy goes. Those are the definites. Everything else is a mystery. Even with Allen Robinson, they kind of forced – feed him. And I seen this last year yeah. with, with Robert Woods. When he's complaining about not getting the ball, mm-hmm. he kind of force feed him that one game. And that's just what I seen last night. Even though they didn't, the targets wasn't heavy, but you know, there was, you know, here comes a touchdown. Okay. You happy? But one, right. one thing to consider when Rob went, when, you know, that, that squeaky wheel sometimes get the oil. And when Robin Wood made a, a stink of it last year, he ended up, when he got hurt, he went out as the number 11 wide receiver in fantasy. So once they recognized the fact that he wasn't involved, they definitely did something about it. So I'm hoping that Allen Robinson kind of gets that same oil on that squeaky wheel, um, being, being the fact that it's almost like you just mentioned a similar situation. You had the Falcons, Drake London, who drew 12 targets for Marcus Mariota's total 26 pass attempts Sunday in their loss to the Rams. But London, London ended up catching eight of those for 86 yards and a touchdown. No other teammate was close. And let's go ahead and lump in the fact that this is now a second week in a row where Pitts just isn't quite connecting with Mariota. That the chemistry isn't quite there. It looks like Drake London has the chemistry more so than Pitts. No, it's not the chemistry. He's just not getting no looks. Like he's just a big decoy. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like it seems <laughs> like the person that's getting the love is Drake London. Last year, they would at least, regardless of whether they thought he was covered or not, they get the ball to him and he'd figure out how to get it. I don't think Mariota is comfortable with that style of football. And London getting a little bit more love here. And and I don't I don't think he's the more talented of the two receivers. Now, granted, one's a receiver, one's a tight end, but of the two yeah. pass catchers, I don't think he's more talented. I, I think it's just a scheme. To shine to him. I don't think it's Mariota. I think it's a scheme because the last time we seen Mariota as a full time starter, his best his favorite target was a tight end, Delaney Walker. So. I don't think it's thrown to the tight end. I mean, most quarterbacks' comfort, you know, their security blanket is the tight end. I just think Arthur Smith is just scheming this man out. You know what I'm saying? He's using him as a decoy because, you know, teams feel like they want to take him away, and that's what they're doing. He's just going with everything else. I don't think it's – because, I mean, come on, three targets? He caught two of those, but he, it's only three targets for the best receiver on your team. He's just being Does that schemed continue? out. Probably not because you're okay. going to start hearing the the rumble. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they, he said they're trying to win games. This isn't fantasy football. That was his words when they asked him about it. But they're 0-2. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So you're 0-2 and your best player is not getting any love. Maybe he don't uh, understand how fantasy football works because you get fantasy points when they actually do well in the real game. So I don't know that Pitts putting up a few fantasy points wouldn't help Atlanta a little bit, uh, but that's uh, some, well, he, some he coaches does, just want something to complain about. And some guys are just not innovative, right? And you can tell the difference between an older guy and a younger guy. There's a difference between a Jeff Fisher and a, and a, and a McVeigh. You know what I'm saying? The, the younger guy's a little more, you know, we're going to find a way. We're going to Look how Cooper Cup looks. Right. And I granted he's a good, he's a great route runner, but he are this this guy is designing ways to get this man the ball. Let me take full advantage of this guy's ability and get him the ball. It's not like Cooper Cup is the best route runner in the NFL. He's a really good one, but they're scheming ways to find to get him available, get him open. I don't want to hear nothing about double teams and all that bullshit. Because guess what? Every great player gets double team. It's always been that way. That's true. Absolutely. It's always been that way. Devontae, he's going to get double team. Jamar Jefferson, uh, he's going to get double team. Justin Jefferson, Calvin, he's gonna get Calvin team. Johnson got triple. Kevin Johnson got triple team. <laughs> uh, quadruple team. I've seen four, four motherfuckers on him before. And they still threw the ball. See, that's the difference. Some QBs have the confidence to throw into that, though. Stafford is one of them. Mariota doesn't seem to be. 
Yeah, well, he need to do something because, man, if, if they don't get something done, you're going to start hitting them, them realer chants getting louder and louder. There you go. But here's and the it, thing, though. Once you can't make the playoffs, it only makes sense to give the rookie some run because what you got, what do you have to, to gain at that point? You right. might as well get him ready. Why, why wait until next year and make those first games that you could possibly win his hiccup games or his, you know, come up in games versus getting it out the way this year? I mean, if you start out 0-3, you need to go ahead and make a plan that after your bye week, Ritter coming in. That, that That's kind of how He's, I'm and, and as far as contract, I think it's like a one. It's more like a one year thing yeah, for Mario. Yeah, he so, he's a band aid. This is definitely your last time or your last chance to be an NFL starter. So maybe take advantage. Also, fantasy wise, man, go buy, go buy Kyle Pitts. While everybody's talking shit, go buy him. Go buy low, you know, if you can. But I definitely will try to invest in this guy because I mean the talent is there. This dude's like Megatron, right? I mean, like at the tight end. I mean, he is a wide receiver. He is a tight end. He's like both. Do you I think mean, if Ritter gets in there, then the the the, yeah, the, the offense is going to change. change a little bit. Hell okay. yeah, because the offense has okay. changed. Like, they're not doing no fucking uh, RPOs and zone. They're not doing all that shit. Everything changes now. There's more shotgun. There's more, I'm going to sit back and pick motherfuckers apart. You can see the difference. Hell, the 49 you can see this with the 49ers. That offense is going to change right back to the old. So now George uh, now George Kittle becomes more important. Yeah. See yep. what I'm saying? Ayuk takes another step back, and Kittle comes back to the forefront. And then Debo. Yeah, can get healthy. Right. So it's your skill set. Like, And I think really skill set versus Mariota's skill set, the offense is going to look totally different. So, yeah, I think Kyle Pitts can benefit from that. Just like uh, we're going to talk about another team coming up. The drum is getting louder for the backup. So We have the Jaguars wide receiver Christian Kirk, who had a very efficient Sunday. He caught all six of his targets for 78 yards and a pair of touchdowns in the 24-0 to mm. win over the Colts. I'm going to mm. say that again. In the 24-0 to win over the Colts, you talking about a surprise? There were a couple of games that kind of surprised, but the coach not even putting up a fight against a team that they normally whip up on in their division, that really surprised. I don't even know where to start, but Christian Kirk had a great day. Lawrence showed up. We see that Robinson is is definitely the lead guy. ETN is not going to be what they were kind of <laughs> shaping him up to be in the offseason. So there's yeah. a a lot of good things going on with the Jaguars. Look, the other thing with the Jaguars, time will tell, but in Detroit, Hutchinson had a great game. I think he set the record for um, sacks as far as the Detroit defensive players concerned. I think he had three in one game, but Walker, he showed up as well. I think he had a couple of sacks, an interception. I mean, these guys are showing that they went where they were supposed to go and they might have just been interchangeable, no matter what our opinions were. I mean, it might have just been a better fit in Jacksonville with Walker and a better fit right at home for Hutchinson. So these, these teams are off and running. I told y'all in the offseason, don't sleep on Detroit this year. They have one of those teams that can be one of those ones that goes from worst to, you know, making the wild card. Man, watching this game, you talking about the surprise. I mean, yeah, the score was a big surprise. But the biggest surprise was Michael Pittman sits. He's out for this yeah. game. And Jonathan Taylor gets nine carries. They didn't have much time to run the ball. They they got they trailed so quickly, but I, I completely agree with you. Nine carries for nine that guy. Nine carries, though? A travesty. Make it make sense is all I'm saying. Like You can't. <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> it was only down. You got to stand out. It was only seven nothing at the end of the first quarter. True, true. He should have had nine carries in the first quarter. Had There's no Michael Pittman last week. Nine yeah. total this week. <laughs> you Making have no Michael Pittman. You have one of the better offensive lines in the league. What are right. we doing? And I think this is a, a, another testament of these coaches. People think too much, man. They're trying to reinvent the wheel. And dog, dude, what are we doing? Remember, Matt Ryan had a kind of a shaky week one. He's even worse this week. I mean, he took five sacks behind that offensive line, three interceptions. What's going on? Like you said, they do have one of the better offensive lines. How do you let the Jaguars sack you five times? And if the Jaguars can do this to you, should we be worried? Do, do we think that, you know, JT may be schemed out either by mistake or by happenstance going forward if games like this are to happen again? Because if it can happen against the Jaguars, who can it happen against? I think they just got it like behind as far as the uh, down the distance. And it's easier to get sacked when everybody knows that you got to pass the ball. Yeah, they can hear that. Yeah. Right. So I just think. But I they mean, wouldn't know that if you let JT run the damn ball. That's a part right. of the problem. So he averaged like six yards a carry. 
even on those little time carries. So it's not like he was struggling with the run. You know what I mean? But hey, what do I know? I don't coach football. So all right, let me ask you this: James Robinson, do you get him? Drop him? Keep him? What are we doing with James Robinson? Has he shown uh, enough that we that he trade him? We know it. You trade him? Okay, give me your uh, rationale on that. Because I mean, he, he looks back. I mean, yesterday he had a lot of. I was in, I was more like, okay, damn, they really gave him the ball a lot. He had twenty three carries yesterday, right? But on those, tw- he had a touchdown score. But on those twenty three carries, he only had sixty four yards. So it, it wasn't like he was knocking out the park with the twenty three carries. Right. He's averaging under three yards a touch. But people are not paying attention to that. Really, they pay attention more to the fantasy points to score, and he's getting love. So. Right. Those attempts kind of give me a little bit of of a warm fuzzy just because ETN is there and healthy. So the fact that they aren't using him more means that they see something in Robinson and they kind of feel that he's going to become even better. I would still trade him. What would you ask for him? What would be uh, your, your minimum asking price? Obviously, you get the, the okay, most. Okay, give me a, give me a position, and then I'll go from there. Let's say if I'm trying to get another a, running back, a, 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 either another running back straight up, or if I'm trying to get a wide receiver, a wide receiver of equal value. I tell you what, I would do. My, my thing is always going after the the struggling guys, right? Um, the guys, the guys that we know, unless they're gonna have the worst year of their life, they gotta come right, back, which means right. you've already the missed the bad games. Right, the guys that's struggling early. If if I was to go after a running back or maybe even an injured guy like a James Conner, you know, somebody might be like, man, he's hurt. He ain't been doing it the first two weeks. I don't want this guy on my team, right? So would that be straight up, or would you get James Conner plus a piece, or do you think you could get James Conner plus a piece? If I can, no, it's straight. If I can get him straight up, I'm happy with that. Okay, one hundred percent. If somebody's going willing to give me James Conner straight up for James Robson, did we get Bob, the news on his ankle yet? No, um, they said he was walking around a little bit afterwards. So. Okay, I guess so it's probably not more. a high ankle sprain then. That, that's the only one that would really yeah, worry I, me. A, a regular ankle sprain, he'll probably be back next week. Yeah, from the reports I've seen, a lot of people think it's a low. Okay, normally with those lows, if he misses a week, that would be apropos, but anything more than that. If I was looking for a wide receiver, where do you think I should start and then work my way up? Or, Alan, or, Rob, Alan Robinson. I like that trade. That that makes sense on both ends for yeah. Different reasons. Cool. So I'll start with now, Allen Robinson. And if I'm if I'm trying to push my luck a little bit, I may say like uh even like a Hollywood Brown. You know, sometimes okay. you gotta go with these guys that they look like they're starting kind of slow. Right. And then they can, you know, work their way up. So that, those are kind of, the fact that Hopkins is coming back, you know. So if Hollywood's doing bad now, what he's gonna look like in a few weeks, you know. Right. So, you know, because a lot of guys that want to go high, like it's gonna be hard for you to try to get a Gabriel Davis or something like that. So don't shoot too crazy because then somebody you may turn somebody off with your, with your trade or maybe you take robinson and a wide receiver pair them up and then go at the uh, yeah. davis type All something right. like that uh, either, maybe either. you take chris olave and robinson and go after a big or maybe even like receiver. a Rash- or maybe even like a rashad bateman a uh, okay. bateman okay. Allen robinson those are the kind of guys i'll be trying to go get with a uh a james robinson right now me personally and i'm glad you just brought up bateman because he was the guy that i, that I was going to bring up next bateman looks like he is going to be a problem joe joe told us all off season that bateman is going to be able to do things a little bit differently with the targets that he receives versus that of hollywood brown and we are seeing it did you see that slant that he took to the house from like 40 yeah yeah i think it was more than 40 was it he might be i I know i know he it was a it was a house it was 75 Yes, and, and the funny thing about it, he was recorded. Uh, you know, I like those little um, funny stats. He was recorded. His miles per hour on that run was 21 point something. Wow. So he was moving. Oh. Like anytime you see somebody running yeah. over 21 miles per hour, they getting in the tank. You know what I'm saying? That was faster so, than Julio, if we remember. I think Julio yeah. was at 20, and he was the fastest guy on the entire Buccaneers team. So that Correct. tells you the kind of speed that this guy has. Correct. So if you ever, if you ever see anybody break 21, they humping, and he was humping <laughs> yesterday, man. I, I didn't know he was that fast, to be honest with you. I, I didn't either, especially you know I mean? not with the ball. I mean, that, right. that's fast, fast. Yeah, I did not know he was that fast, but he, he took off with that slant, 75 yards, man. He, he seemed like he's a wide receiver, too, moving forward. I would have him maybe a wide receiver, too. So I like it. For James Robinson, 
gun for the wide receiver twos. Lamar went off. Duvernay hmm. ended up returning, I want to say. To uh, open a kickoff. Kick. Yeah, he ended up returning a kick. So he's showing his uh, quickness, his speed, his skills there. So we see quite a bit as far as talent is concerned from Baltimore, even though they came up on the short end of the stick this week. I believe that Lamar is going to go out and earn this contract that he wants. The rumor out there right now is that he may earn it from someone else. <laughs> they were saying that this may be a sneaky little poke, if you will. But I remember you saying Miami. Tua is actually looking pretty good in Miami right now. So I don't know if they'd be willing to pay Lamar when they could probably pay Tua quite a bit less. The other team that was on his list, though, was Detroit. I like what I see from golf, but golf is no Lamar. And if that team had Lamar, they could do some special things, I think. It's funny, though, right? You speak on those two guys, but guess what the third team was? Did you see the third team? Nah. It was the Eagles. <laughs> eh, I mean, I can see why he would want to go there, but I don't know that if, if I can pay Hurts what I would have to pay Hurts versus paying him what he's asking for, I'm yeah. going with Hurts all day. But to, to it, it's funny, though, for him to – you know, put the Eagles on his list when they already have, you know, a young star quarterback was pretty funny. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I guess he but, was looking at teams that had people in their last year of their uh, contracts is, is what it kind of looks like. Because Hurts, Tua, and and Golf, I want to say, are in the last year of their contract, if I'm not mistaken. Or it wouldn't cost much to cut them at the end of this year. I agree. That'll, but, I mean, hey, the Eagles, I think they would take Lamar. I mean, don't be fooled by Hurts. Can they afford him now, though? I don't think they can afford him with what they paid everybody else. They hmm. almost have to keep Hurts or get a rookie because the going right now is damn near a quarter billion dollars. But what you just paid A.J. Brown, you can't afford to pay. Oh, they, they probably can. Hell, how the, how the hell the Browns afford Watson? They can. They got to be able to afford him. Man, you, still, you got uh, Miles Garrett on your team. You got Denzel Ward on your team. You got Chubb on your team. You got Clowney on your team. So they got some other high-dollar uh, players. Years, they probably have to drop like uh Fletcher or some shit like that. Fletcher they got Cox. his replacement already too, though. So that yeah, would... they got a yeah. So guys like him will probably they be have moved. several linemen that are kind of you know elder statesmen that they can kind of right. move on from possibly. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. But uh, for right now, it looks like Lamar is okay. You played me, but I'm about to play this game, and he's gonna make them rule the day. Let me ask you this. Dynast, do you go ahead and pick up Huntley on the off chance that he's Baltimore's starting quarterback next year? Nah, for sure, 100%. I mean, the Dynasty, I think Huntley should be owned anyway. I don't think he's a guy should be sitting on your free agent list in the Dynasty League. Uh, Lamar also also came out and said that he's not playing on a franchise tag. Franchise tag, I saw that So too. that was already a thing. So they're not going to up yep. that guaranteed dollar amount. Yeah, you're asking for Jackson for trouble. You know what I'm so saying? Basically, what he said is, if you don't sign me, trade me, because I'm going to do you no good next year, and I don't don't mind sitting out. That's basically right. what he said. And, and and you know what? They, they got to do something. They got Bashadi. I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Look here, man. His teammates love him to death. Yep. And if you don't do right by him, you're gonna cause a way through that locker room, boy. They ain't gonna be nice for nobody. Like that's a guy that nobody ain't trying to lose him. Yep. Like, they love Lamar. I think. I mean, I I, I even think the front office love him. I just think this is a business thing. You know it what I'm really saying? It really is. Yeah, absolutely. But he's he's very loved by the organization, his teammates, the fans. Like you gotta just you gotta just do right. Just do right by it, man. Just close your eyes and bite the bullet. Yeah. Here's, here's the other thing too. Let's say you franchise him and you say, Well, if you don't play for us, you won't play for anybody. You know what's gonna happen next year? Burrow's gonna get paid, Herbert's gonna get paid, mm. and then you're gonna owe, owe him even more money. Correct. You wanna get ahead of it. No different. The numbers than, uh, don't go down for quarterbacks. They just yeah. don't. It keeps going up, especially if they're producing. And if you keep letting him do what he got to do. <laughs> but if, if they pay Herbert the kind of money that Lamar is asking for and Herbert hasn't even won a playoff game, every time a quarterback gets paid, I'm increasing my offer. Today's price is not yesterday's price. So if you didn't want to sign me before, you definitely want to go ahead and trade me now. Right. I mean, that that's just where I would be with it. But as you, as, as you watch Lamar, man, and every performance like this, the cash register just keeps ringing. Exactly. Like, boy, you better do something. I know y'all. He's you know, the reason why y'all win. Period. Yeah. He's the, he's he's eighty percent of your offense. There you go. Period. There you go. Another guy. <laughs> he's racking up the numbers, but these in-game decisions just end up making me leery of whether or not he's going to be the man all season. But Carson Wentz put up some great fantasy numbers: three hundred and thirty-seven yards on mm. three TDs and the interception, thirty of forty-six passing. He had a great second half. The first First half was definitely less than to be desired. He threw touchdowns to Jahan Dotson, Logan Thomas, and Curtis Samuel. 
Mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel again led the team in targets. He ended up with 78 yards and a touchdown. But I want to say Curtis Samuel had double digit targets again, if I'm not mistaken. He had nine targets yesterday. Okay, nine. Okay, so I know someone mm-hmm. close to double digit. He's leading yeah. the team in targets. So my question to you is first of all, he's definitely headlining the wide receivers for me on the waiver wire as far as redraft is concerned. Right. But do we panic now that McLaren isn't the only man in town? When he was putting up all those numbers, he was legit probably the only wide receiver. Now they have three wide receivers and a pass-catching tight end. So do we temper our expectations on McLaurin? And also, do we try to move him before we have another week or two of Samuel and Dotson popping off, which Dotson put up double digits again this week in fantasy, both in standard and PPR leagues. So do we try to go get him and maybe try to trade Terry for a little bit higher than what he's going to end up being, or do we kind of hold off right now? I trade him. Of those three wide receivers, get them, drop them, keep them. You have Dotson, you have McLaurin, mm-hmm. and then you the have uh, Curtis Samuel. So of those well, three Washington receivers, who you're getting, who you're dropping, and when we say drop, that would mean, you know, possibly trade, whatever the case may be. I would keep Dotson. Keep Dotson, okay. Go get Samuel and drop uh, Terry McLaurin. Okay. Or you can do it the other way around. You can... Go get Dotson. You know, though, though the, the the get them and the keep them is pretty much interchangeable. interchangeable. Gotcha. Okay. But the drop would also be Terry McLaurin because I think, like, again, he's he has a status and his status is only getting weaker and weaker by the week. Right. Exactly. So if you don't make a move now where he steals, you know, it's still Terry McLaurin. You know, you can still sell him as who he is. But if you wait till week six and it ain't looking crazy, you know what I mean? Go get one of these guys that's maybe hurt struggling i love to trade for a hurt guy because people in people's mind i tell you i give you one better check this out you could you could have went and trade for michael pittman jr if you wanted to mm, you see what okay. i'm saying so okay because the michael pittman jr owner is thinking i need a win right now look what i did look what i did in our league our league of, of, of note with trey lance and dak prescott right talking about timing right right that's why i was telling people don't question like we had a couple guys in the league was like questioning my move Oh man, you don't no, no no question my trades, bro. You know who I am. I'm I'm him. When I make a move, just just sit back and and, and look. It didn't take long at all, did it? Didn't. Now think. Now think the position I would have been in because I, I currently I had Elijah Mitchell who got hurt. Right. I had James Conner who got hurt. Right. And I would have had Trey Lance who's hurt for the season. Yeah. And week two. Very precarious but, position. But so so listeners, what I did was last week the Dak Prescott owner. We in a two quarterback league. He was already having quarterback issues. Like he didn't have any available on his bench. So his mind was thinking, I know he's thinking like, damn, I need a quarterback because I can't go into the next week playing with one quarterback. I need two. I had another quarterback. I had, um, I had currently, I had Joe Burrow and I had Marcus Mariota on my team, but also had Trey Lance. So I offered him Trey Lance for Dak Prescott. And people was like, wow, why would you do that? He's hurt. I'm okay with sitting back, chilling and waiting on Dak Prescott in the long haul. I'll take the early wave. You know, maybe if I take a loss here or there, as long as I can stay afloat, I'll take the Dak Prescott in the fourth quarter. Then worry about him in the first quarter. Then we see Trey Lance go out, get hurt. Now I'm sitting there holding the guy with the value. And again, back to the Michael Pittman thing. He's hurt. So people feel like they're losing points by not having him on the field. Do we have any idea how long he's hurt or how long he may be out? I I think it was a question. Um, he had a possibility of playing is a quad oh, I got injury. You. I got you. I got so you. it was a it was a quad injury, you know what I mean? So it was a it was a last minute decision for him to be out basically. Right. They were trying to so trust me Sunday morning. If you dangle Terry McLaurin in front of the Michael Pittman owner, he gonna accept that shit right away. It's pretty close at least, minimally. They, they are close. close. They are close, but I like Pittman because he's the he's the one. man. Yeah. There you go. He's what there McLaurin was before the other guys got there, basically. Bingo. They, 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 <laughs> so when we talk about roles, when we talk about the guard system, and if you didn't hear that episode, go back and listen to the fantasy guard system. I promise you you pick up something from it but when you have a defined role that lets you know what the volume should look like most weeks unless something crazy happens like what happened with jt but with that defined role you should have consistency more often than not with the wide receiver position it's kind of helter skelter up one week down the next week the only way to kind of get that consistency is making sure that you have a guy that's going to get those targets every week no matter what so his down week won't look like the guy that ended up putting up one point two points 
perfect example of that. A lot of people would draft a whole lot of wide receivers over a Brandon Cook type, but you know he's going to get double-digit targets every week. He's not going to leave you high and dry, and his cost is as such that even on those weeks that he doesn't get a touchdown, the points that he does put up makes it well worth it. Another guy in that same vein, Jacoby Myers of the Patriots. He's going to get you double-digit points in a PPR every single week, even if he doesn't get a touchdown. He's basically the new Edelman. These are guys that you can go out and get on the cheap, and you don't have to worry about that you know, that flex or that wide receiver two or three position because, you know, they may not have those high highs, but you won't have to worry about the low lows. So if you have your top notch guys and you backfill with those type guys, you're good to go. So I'm asking you a quick um, question. Sure. Before we, move, before we move on, if you are a Gabriel Davis owner, right? Would you take Terry McLaurin for him right now? I wouldn't. But, I wouldn't. This, but, but you know um, there's a lot of people that though. would. It's close. Yes, but, definitely. Because Gabriel Davis is down right now, right? Yeah. So... The thing about it is with with Gabe, what he did for you week one, week one stands out in a lot of people's minds far longer than it should, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent. And because of what he did week one, I think people are going to kind of value him a little bit different. Than but but this is what I'm saying, though. He's not it's just, He's not going to play tonight. Chances are he's not going to play tonight. If the only, if someone is I don't realize right, he was injured. Yeah. Yeah, he's not, I don't, yeah, he's, yeah that's what I'm saying. He got oh, an ankle. Wow. He got an ankle injury. That's different. Then that makes it different. Oh, again, again. So let's let's rewind it. Okay. Now, if you're the Gabriel Davis owner, would you take Terry McLaurin for him? You would think about it. I would definitely think. In okay, if if we're in dynasty and you're able to like throw in a pick, I take no it. redraft. We're talking about redraft right now. Okay, if we're talking about redraft, I would probably if I was in need of a RB three. And you threw me McLaurin and let's say there's um, no hands. I wouldn't do it straight up. Yeah, but the point I'm making, especially this guy's a wince owner, he may be definitely more okay. If, he, if he's a wince owner and he got Gabriel Davis, hell, you might be in the money. You definitely can shop him McLaurin. But what I'm saying is I'm just giving the listeners examples of trading for injured players that could very well be uh more profitable for you in the long run. Hey, but hold up, though. Let, let, let me cast a wider net because there okay. are but so many Wentz owners, right? right? If he's an Ohio State Buckeye fan, he may take Scary Terry over game. Yeah. Know your league, know your league mates, and know what makes them tick, and you can figure out how to put the trade together so that it makes sense for that person. Don't be a cookie cutter. I'm going to send out the same thing to everybody and hope for the best. But yeah, th there are certain things that can make Scary Terry a little bit more. Like, say, for instance, in the league that, that we're in together, I had both Diggs and Gabe Davis. So I would be willing to give up Davis in that instance because I got Diggs as well. So th there's a, a couple of different instances in which it would make sense. But overall, in a vacuum, I wouldn't make that move just yet because I think that Davis will end up being on par with and possibly surpassing just based on volume. There are four guys, not to mention the dudes catching the ball out of the backfield in Washington that are viable. I think that he's the number two guy uh, in targets by the end of the year as far as Buffalo is concerned. So, but yeah, that, that's definitely close. We have uh, DeAndre Swift, who they gave him a little bit of a lighter load. Um, this is one of my my guys, uh, my mans in them. They gave him a little bit of a lighter load. He was dealing with an ankle injury going into the game. So he got seven carries after uh, receiving that questionable tag. But he was able to pop off a 50-yard scamper. I want to say it was 56 yards on the ground. Within Excuse me, he had seven touches, only had five carries. But he's still ending up putting up decent numbers especially for the load that he got but i think they were just kind of trying to load manage if you will with that ankle injury that he had going into the game but if he can pop off a 56 yard scamper with a bad ankle man i mean i'm i'm telling you the only thing that'll slow this dude down is injury and the fact that people don't really feel that highly of his handcuff i think that jamal williams is honestly one of the higher handcuffs up there that i would look at you mentioned james connor earlier one of the guys that I would possibly go to the waiver on is Darrell Williams, depending on what Connor ends up looking like as far as that injury is concerned. But those are two guys that are high on my handcuff list, barring current circumstances. Yeah, I like this Swift. He he definitely made the most of his situation. Definitely coming in, he's a questionable uh, player. Um, it was possible that he wasn't even going to 
you know, dress out or whatever. But the Lions, man, they're moving like they're they're riding the wave right now. Um, yeah. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Armand St. Brown, who's absolutely creeping into wide receiver uh, one territory. No, 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 no. Not creeping. I'm no no listen. I'm He's the reason I use that goddamn door open. Yeah, but I'm gonna say <laughs> creeping. The reason the only reason I use the word creeping because no one's seen it coming. Um, in the offseason, people was like, okay, I'm on, he's cool. But, you know, you heard the talks of Michael Pittman. People was like, oh, Michael Pittman, this is Michael Pittman year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you start, you heard those. No one was saying, this is uh, my St. Brown time. I was trying to get them all offseason and dying. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> he's creeping up there. I'm going to say creeping because it's still kind of like under the radar. Think about it. They're still in Detroit, which is games that a lot of people don't get a chance right. to see. Yeah, that's true. And you don't and you don't know what Armand's really doing unless you play fantasy football. That's true. And you yeah, see I also those. think it's a negative connotation because of what people think about golf. Agree. So that's why I say creeping because he's he's walking silently with a big stick. My grandma said that you know walk quiet with a big stick, and that's what he's doing. He's walking quietly, but he's carrying a big stick. You know what I mean? And I saw, hey, I got him again. Part of my master plan I was using when I did took Pittman and trade to get me a tight end one, which I got Kyle Pitts. Hopefully he can get it together because I had Armand in the fold. So bingo. I I'm loving what I see from him as well. Golf is not playing too bad though. He's playing all right. He's not. I think golf. I think both golf and St. Brown are going to surprise quite a few people. St. Brown is already doing it, and golf to a certain extent is already doing it. I think he's going to be a firm QB2, which is a lot more than what people would say in yesteryears. A mm. um, couple other games to go through. We had uh, Dylan, who ended up rushing 18 times to 61 yards, caught one ball out of the three targets for six yards in Sunday's 21 to 10 win over the Bears. So it wasn't his week, but it was Jones' week. Aaron Jones. Yeah went off catching the ball rushing the ball he looked great doing what he was doing and it was obvious that he's going to be a huge part of the passing game so is this going to be a week-to-week -week game plan type of a thing between these two running backs or right. did aaron jones just uh just i guess submit himself as the true rb1 in this group no i think there is one a and one two way you know okay uh it's definitely gonna be week to week because we, we seen last week where Jones led the team in all the other statistical categories. And, I mean, um, Dylan, he led it. But right. the funny thing about it, Dylan still even had Even in pass catching, he led it. Right. So, it's funny, you know, even with the game that uh, Jones had, Dylan still had enough to do, you know what I'm saying? He didn't do what he did, but the guy still had 18 rushes. So, how in the hell does Aaron Jones go off and the backup got 18 carries. So if that's not enough to get you going, then what you need? You damn near get 20, 20 touches yourself. So they're 1A and 2A. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be week to week on who explodes. You're definitely going to probably see some weeks where they both explode as the offense gets better and start running more like a sewing machine. But you're going to start both of these guys. I'm just saying it in a nutshell. you got to yeah, start them both. And the back, what backup gets 20 touches? Because he's not a backup. It's it's, it's a, a, a 1A, 1B situation. Right. And in this particular scenario, the pass-catching skills of Jones, I think, is what kind of put him ahead. They were able to right. do a few things with him out there that aren't necessarily in Dylan's skill set. Although he can catch the ball, too. He just doesn't have that wiggle that right. Jones has to kind of make you miss right there in the hole. Right. He's a kind of, I'm a run over. He's more of a Derrick Henry style runner than, let's say, a Kamara type runner, which I would compare Aaron Jones. Right. Styles make matchups, and in this particular matchup, Aaron Jones' style was the one that made the most sense. Correct. We had a couple of other guys that aren't quite doing what some people thought they may have been able to do in the offseason. For me, they're doing exactly what I figured they would do. Browns tied in David and Joku managed three grabs on five targets for 32 yards. This is the second week of ineptitude for him. You have Donovan Peoples Jones, who did not catch his lone target in Sunday's 31 to 30 loss to the Jets. So uh, I think Joe referred to him as Julio. My ass. Yeah, I was um, saying uh, he was. It was. Don Julio, the the, the tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna see Joe up too much why he ain't here to defend himself, yeah. but um Don Julio. Yeah, right. yeah, not 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 it, not it. Nah, you know, um Jacoby Brissett, uh they looked at film from week one and maybe he didn't know who a uh, Mark Cooper was because he was like, damn, 
you do be open a lot. Like I'm going to try to get, he, he made it his, you know, his mission to look his way a lot more. And it's right. shown in this game right here. And Amari Cooper had, I want to say, nine targets, over 100 yards. and a There you go. There you go. Like, Amari Cooper's one of our better route runners in this league. And uh, I guess he wasn't quite looking that way as much. But he said after watching film week one, he was like, yo, I got to start looking this way a little bit more often. And right. it showed. So I was surprised to see Amari take that that kind of, you know, leap with this guy at quarterback. But Jacoby had a really good game. I think he completed like 80% of his passes or something. Like, it was pretty high. And that run game, I mean, I, I fell victim to it this week. You know, Chubb, three touchdowns. Man, what can, what can <laughs> you, you do? What do you do with that? It is, it yeah. is what it is. It what happens. And then we did see Hunt take a little backseat. But right. if you are a Chubb owner, I mean, just hold on to Hunt. You know, he's and remember, probably the most famous. I told y'all last episode, this is going to be a Chubb week. I don't see Hunt having the week that he had the week prior. It's, it's just a matchup type of a thing. And, and sure enough, Chubb went off and Hunt took a back seat. It's one other running back that I want to bring up before we kind of give a few more waiver options that we haven't given throughout conversation thus far. Uh, David Montgomery, he rushed 15 times for 122 yards and caught both of his targets for 14 yards in the loss to Green Bay. David Montgomery is now showing that he is the guy. There was some chatter about Khalil Herbert maybe infringing on his volume. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. And also, luckily for David Montgomery owners, the schedule opens wide up going forward. He's kind of played some of the tougher defenses that he's going to play in comparison to what he has over the next several weeks. So is David Montgomery a guy that you trust in that RB2 spot or flex spot? Or is he a guy that after the week he just had, you put him out there for trade bait? What are, what are you doing with David Montgomery? Oh, or what? Do you put him in the same vein as a Robinson? The same kind of thing that you would no, have? No, he's higher than Robinson. Higher? Okay, so what would what would you ask for him? Uh, if I'm looking for a wide receiver, <laughs> hey, let's let's go back to the well. Trade me with them hurt guys. Let me get Michael Pittman. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's I, the, I that's, do that. I do yeah. that, yeah. Let, let me get that hurt guy you got over there. He's hurt. That, he's yeah. not helping you. You know what I'm saying? I'm yes, making I that kind that, of move. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, my, now Montgomery, don't get it twisted. I like Montgomery. His Absolutely. people just don't like him. He's getting volume now, though. So I, I, I don't I don't know. That was the case with the last regime here no, and there. But no, no. Nah, nah. look, look, look at the reports we was reading a week or two ago when they were saying Herbert fits, fits what they're trying to do better. You remember that report came out? I do, but I think that was motivation for Montgomery because coaches say anything, but on the field, the person getting the volume and the opportunities tells you what they really feel. Minimally, their share should be a lot closer if that's the way they truly feel. This share is one of the larger gaps from any of the teams out there right now. I remember what they said, but what they're showing is something different. That's neither here nor there as far as I can. It was the matchup too because Green Bay was giving up a good bill on the ground. Even Herbert, he didn't carry the ball a lot. But if you look at, you know, yards per carry, it was pretty high. He was averaging like nine yards a touch. So there you go. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But definitely, man, I would want to move Montgomery. Um, But be smart though, right? So a guy like yourself, if you have the handcuff, if you have Herbert, you keep Herbert, but you trade Montgomery. So you you (laughs) be, be smooth with it. You know what I'm saying? Don't package them together and move them together. Keep the handcuff and move Montgomery and go get you that 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 time that receiver you want. <laughs> and Absolutely. just in case something happened, hedging your bet, yeah, yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. Especially at that position, you always you always attempt to hedge your bets. That's why sometimes right. the most important handcuff isn't the one that's a handcuff to your starter. It's a handcuff to somebody else's starter. For sure, so, um, you know, you go with talent versus situation in most cases. Because most owners, you'd be surprised, trades guys. Most owners don't even ask. You can have the handcuff. And most guys would not ask for them in the trade. Correct. The eyes are just bigger. Like my, my grandma used to tell me, uh, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. You know what I mean? So right. <laughs> if if I show you Davin Cook, you're like, hell yeah, give me him. But you're not, I got Madison as well, mind. but you're not even thinking about Madison. You just want Davin Cook. That's all you see. So it's one of those situations where I would keep that handcuff. If you have Herbert, dangle Montgomery and see if they snatched him up and, and go get you a better receiver. All right. So to wrap up the show, let's go through a few guys that we haven't talked about or even just remind people of a few guys that we have talked about that they should be looking on the waiver for. I'll start out with Daryl Williams again of Arizona. Depending on Connor's injury, he may be a great pickup to start now 
or depending on Connor's injury, they may lighten his load. And now Darrell Williams will kind of have that Chase Edmonds role going forward. We'll kind of see how that goes, but he's mm-hmm. definitely a guy. Who's one of your guys? Oh man, Gary Wilson. Oh, absolutely. Wide uh, receiver for the Jets. He yeah. showed the reason why they drafted him. The only thing that scares me about Wilson, he even indicated that he's a much better wide receiver when Flacco's on the field. But Wilson's about to get back on the field sometime. It could possibly be in the next week or two. So, but Wilson definitely showed improved this week. You know, he was a free agent in our in our league. Somebody right. dropped him, but I was just paying attention to him because last week he had a um a ball that would have been a touchdown. Um, but it didn't quite work out. But you just pay attention to how the route running and things of that nature. And then you see this week and he exploded. And I'm like, hmm. So I start doing more research around people's thoughts of him around the league. Uh seeing one guy was like, Man, he's Justin Jefferson. Like nobody oh, wow. wanna Yeah, he's like, he's Justin Jefferson, like, and nobody wanna see this. Nobody wants to hold him man to man. That was the quote. When I read that, I was like, Okay. His route maybe- running is phenomenal. Oh man, did you see the corner, the little corner around the end zone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> May I have this dance? Came out, boom, 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 boom. Kind of with the little cha 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 and went straight to the corner. Man. The <laughs> straight to the, the corner. And I mean, like a mad mover. And this is a four three eight guy. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's he's definitely moving. The wheels Got are the there. Jet. So yeah. But and he's a good route runner. He's a pristine route runner. Absolutely. He, he makes the acrobatic catches. That's what he's kind of known for as well at Ohio State. He makes mm-hmm. those acrobatic catches. So, man, definitely a toy. I know that Elijah Moore owners are a little like, eh, you know. Uh, what but, do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. Okay. But definitely, I, I would say Garrett Wilson would be one of my guys on the wave I think should go grab. I also have Joe Wilson of the 49ers. Uh, who knows how many weeks Joe will be healthy? Uh, well, they but they the grabbed him last week probably, though. Oh, that's true. But I, I see I see that the usage is still kind of low on Wilson, so he mm-hmm. still may have kind of slid under the radar, especially in leagues that have shorter benches. People are less likely to take chances. But Wilson um, is definitely the 1A. We'll see what ends up happening when Marlon Mack learns the playbook, but the rookies don't seem to be in line to do very much. Uh, Price had a, a few carries, but he, he didn't really you know shine to the extent that I think that he is, has his position solidified. So that's another guy that I had in mind. Do you have anybody else on your list? Yeah, of course, man. This is a sneaky one, guys. Um, This is one that's going... People are not going to pay attention to. So this is a gem, um, especially maybe in a deeper league or you need, you need some running back help. You just heard uh, we talked about the James Conner owners, um, even the uh, Elijah Mitchell owners. So if he wasn't able to get Jeff Wilson or maybe not able to get Darrell Williams, Raheem Mostert, because very quietly, yeah. very quietly has led the backfield in week two. So it looked like it's starting to take a little gap going, yeah. Yeah, going the other way. And this guy's more familiar with the offense, of course, right. from San Fran. Yeah. He's the prototypical guy for that offense, as long as he's healthy. He's a home run hitter. You know what I mean? It's just what he is. And he had uh, 11 carries yesterday, and I think Chase only had five carries. So when you start to see that, don't wait till we – nah, jump on this right now. It just seemed like he's starting to take over in that role. Now, he has an injury history like no other. Right. Dude is grass. <laughs> but when given the opportunity – he, he fits this system like no other. I've seen a couple of running backs come through the years. You know, Clayton Portis was a good one as well, if you remember him. This guy fits this zone running scheme shit. It's like, it's like ideal. He just can't stay healthy. Go get him. He's he like he's about to take that job. So he's definitely a waiver a waiver wire uh, guy for me. I have one wide receiver. Well, I had Garrett Wilson on my list too. So I had two wide receivers. But the other one is Sammy Watkins. I'm looking at Watkins because as long as he's healthy and he seems to be one of the vets that Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with, along with Cobb, if you feel like Cobb is going to, they're kind of running neck and neck as far as injury history is concerned. So um, maybe if you're looking at a standard lead, Watkins, if you're looking at a PPR league, Cobb, just based on what we've seen over the first couple of weeks, but they are a couple of guys that I'm taking a look at. You had Alan Lazard ended up with a touchdown. 
not a whole lot of targets and passes caught, but he was the red zone guy as we kind of prognosticated over the offseason. So I do have those guys there. And then I have one tight end. I'll go ahead and let you get your other couple guys out um, yeah, at that I'm position. Gonna, yeah, it's probably going to be, it's probably, I'll probably throw two guys out there. But lastly, one of my guys, lastly, a wide receiver, we spoke of a little bit briefly, and you'd be surprised he's still waving around. That's Jahan Dotson. And I think the yep. time is now to go grab him. Uh, don't pick him don't up last week. Yeah, anytime you see a rookie wide receiver get touchdowns on back-to-back weeks, we've been heard about him and Wentz's connection in the offseason. In the camp, they were saying that was the guy he was going to a lot, and now it's starting to show on the field. So uh, I see a lot of people picked up Curtis Samuel last week, and Mm -hmm. Dawson was still hanging around, but he won't be hanging around any much, much, much longer. Uh, I think this week you'll see his uh, ownership definitely shoot up a lot higher. So definitely Jahan Dawson is a wide receiver I think you should go get. He's definitely playing himself until wide receiver three flex maybe next week against Philadelphia. So go get go go get Dawson. That'd be my way of choice. And I like Samuel as well in PPR. Not so much in standard, but he's he's getting he's getting the volume. So he lines up to be kind of like a, a again like a, a Jacoby Myers with the Patriots. Not a sexy name, not a name that a lot of people are looking for, but guaranteed mm-hmm. volume, guaranteed catches. And if you're in that pinch and you just need somebody that's not going to screw you over, these are the guys. I have two guys. One guy we talked about last week. He's still on some people's waivers. Gerald Everett again for the second week in a row gets double digit targets. Um, he could have had a, a larger week than what he had. Um, there was a touchdown there to be had that ended up um, not coming to fruition, but Gerald Everett is one of the favorite targets um, of Justin Herbert. So look for him. Also, same situation, Tyler Higby. Um, he had nine targets, seven receptions, 71 yards. Had he caught a touchdown, it would have been a monster day. But with Tyler Higby, he may have been picked up already, but if not this week, you won't be able to get him next week if that target share remains the same. So if you are struggling at tight end, those are two guys that you may want to look at picking up. And that kind of wraps it up for me as far as my waiver guy. And uh, I will say another, I'm going to go another wide receiver if you're in a league, a deep league. Because uh, I, I like to talk, I'm talking about players that's probably available. Um, right, right. Absolutely. So Greg Dorch. Yeah. Um, you know, he shot everyone week one. He led that team in targets. Mm-hmm. And he followed up last night. He only had four targets, but he led the team in yards and he had a touchdown score. So this is two weeks in a row that you've seen production from Greg Dortch. He seems like a kind of a favorite of Kyler Murray when it comes to him passing the ball. And he may be a sneaky start next week where the Cardinals are playing the Rams. And I think Hollywood may see a lot of Jalen Ramsey. So Absolutely. he could potentially be the guy getting a little softer coverage on the other side. Do now, we know anything about Roundell Moore? Coming I was about, back? And I was about to speak on that type thing um i think what we're seeing from dorch we see that plus with the talent that rondell moore has right i was about to speak on that i was like you know uh be mindful because when rondell does return this can change we haven't seen them all together um maybe not too much but i think because it's the same role that i don't think they both be on the field at the same time you don't think so Nah, it's the role that Dorch is 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 playing right now is mm-hmm. Rondell Moore's role. It, he yeah. replaced Moore, like he's his back. Dorch is Moore's backup. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then and then you'll have Hopkins coming back. Yeah, like, once he comes back, back, it's just yeah, everything shuts down. But uh, but if you can get Dorch and you can maybe tie him into a trade as the guy that kind of is the cherry on top, mm-hmm. and you point out his stats, and, and it's a guy that you already know in your mind's eye, his stats are likely to change here in the near future future don't just hold on to him and and, and keep you know riding the hot hand get rid of that hot potato and and get something that's going to be you know that's going to be more sustaining throughout the rest of the season go ahead and (laughs) go ahead and attach Deutsch to uh james robinson (laughs) there you go some of the trades we were speaking on when you go get that wide receiver you attach him to him yeah you know and when they look at the trade they can see the the points and things that's beside his name because if i think about it again you pick up garrett wilson off the waiver after you trade Deutsch. all right a lot of people don't (laughs) even know who Deutsch is (laughs) right you know what i mean this is another team it's a west coast team we on the east coast so we see more East Coast games. Unless you're a real football fanatic like one of us, a football fiend, you don't know who Greg Deutsch is. You can introduce this guy to the guys in your league once they start seeing production. Like, oh, this Deutsch dude, this dude, they're all right. And again, they might not know about the return of Ron there and different things of that nature. So sometimes you have to just kind of be a little sneaky, be a little tricky. It's called creating your... the sense yeah. of urgency. Yeah. The urgency may not be there when you start the conversation, but it should be by the time you end it. 
he's like the garnish in your trade, you know. Exactly. You know, how you, you know how you go to the restaurant, you get the steak, and they put that little garnish, that little uh, <laughs> the presentation. That's all it's about. He's not the yeah. steak. Yeah, he's not Butter. James Robinson. He's not David Montgomery. He's that right. little right. that little sauce they, they they paint on the plate on the side of it. You're like, oh, okay, that makes it look nice. And that's what he could be for you when you're making these deals. A little bit sure. of flavor, you know. But that pretty much wraps up this show. We will be back to you in just a couple of days with the weekend show preparing you for week three on Friday. Make sure you follow and subscribe. There may be some shows that will come out a little bit earlier than normal. It just kind of depends on how quickly we can get everything uh, recorded and edited and all that kind of good stuff. So make sure that you follow or you subscribe. And uh, we're going to keep bringing the heat. I know we have given you information that you have found useful. I tell you what, this show that's coming up on Friday, it's going to be even that much more so because we're going to be getting you ready for the week. Make sure that you join the Facebook group that is definitely our fastest growing facebook group i think it's it almost doubled in size over the weekend so i think we went from like like around 450 or something like that to over 700 yeah i want to throw something there real quick man to another waiver um it's not really a waiver guy but just paying attention to the to to what's going on if you did watch the bucks and saints game um there's some possible suspensions there so if you want to kind of get ahead of your ahead of the time you know you see the bucks already having a lot of injuries julio was out Chris Godwin is out. Brashad Perriman would be a good guy to go grab. Yeah. If you, what if you Scott are, Lee? he's more of a slot guy. So I'm just saying, if you are a Michael uh, Evans owner, because he's probably going to be suspended, him and also probably Marshawn Lattimore with the thing that went on yesterday, little fight, because they have a history. Mm-hmm. So they probably get a one game suspension. So if you are a Mike Evans owner, this is strictly for the Mike Evans owners, guys. Go ahead and try to get Perriman because he's probably going to help you out. <laughs> Your, or if you got a hold from injury, I mean that it, that works right. for you too. Right. Somebody so to keep an eye. he's definitely that's a guy that's under the radar. People not going to be thinking about until Thursday or Friday. Right. Um, that, like, oh absolutely. shit! You know what I'm saying? So Brashad Perriman is another guy, real quick. Probably go grab. And that wraps up the show. Make sure you stick with us. We will make sure you get the gems that get you to your championships. And we out.